beautiful humans. Welcome back to another episode of the I Like Birds podcast. I'm your host, Zach Rippy, and this podcast is dedicated to the non-believers, the confused believers, and the true believers, because I, at one time or another, was all three, and I'm here to help you get a better understanding of who Jesus is and what he's all about. Let's grow in our faith together. You learn as I learn. I like the Bible, and I like words, so therefore, I like birds. Let's start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the I Like Birds podcast. This episode is going to be incredible. I'm going to share my first ever sermon experience with you guys. And if this is your first time here, I welcome you. I appreciate you checking out the show. Maybe this is your first time. And I have to tell you, man, this is not your conventional way of hearing about Jesus. This is not church. This is just me to you, me just telling you about my walk with Jesus and like what's going on in my life. Uh, I'm currently in Bible school right now and I'm pursuing ministry. And then me and the audience, man, we just grow in our faith together. So if this is your first time here, welcome. Subscribe if you don't mind. Check out some previous episodes if you're a real one. And uh, if you've been coming to the show for a while now, welcome back to the birdhouse. You already know you are loved. You are appreciated. Uh, you are you make this this show possible. We just hit 68 cities in Florida, 68 cities in Florida. I don't even I can't even name 10. All right. Maybe I can name 10. I can't even name 15. All right. We're at like 22 countries or something like that. and 38 states. We're going crazy, y'all. Y'all have been making this show go bananas, and I just appreciate y'all so, 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 so much. So if you're new here, man, welcome. I'm going to uh, share a little bit of my experiences of my first sermon uh, experience ever uh, that I was preaching on stage at Youth Night this past week. And I am I normally release the show on Tuesday, but we're going to switch it up, man. And I normally do two episodes a week, but I think I'm just going to do long, a little bit longer episode for this week just because this week is going to be crazy. We got the election uh, you guys already know that is going to be the only thing people are talking about. And and honestly, we're all going to be kind of following along because it is a his- historical one, you know. And I will say, man, just be careful with the distractions. Be careful what you see. Um, I just put something on my Instagram that I just thought was so beautiful by the name of Jesus. I was reading before. I always read before I do my podcast. Just something about Jesus. Just so... Um, to be honest, Jesus is like the reason I do this, you know, like just him specifically is like broke me into a million pieces. Right. So I always like to get in the spirit before I do the podcast, you know, because it's so easy for me to get into like my humanly like way of just being kind of like, oh, I got to do a podcast. I got to, you know, and like, but once I read, I want to tell somebody about it so bad. So I just, I put this on Instagram just now on my stories, uh, Zachary B23. Uh, if you want to follow along to the, to the journey, uh, just about the election, you know, it just really stuck out to me uh, when um, the Pharisees were accusing Jesus of being uh, like prince of the demons because Jesus was casting out demons out of people's you know spirits and just making them new again. Right. And then Jesus said, how can Satan cast out Satan? He asked. And then this is the part I put up there because it's so good. He says a kingdom divided by civil war will collapse. Boom. All right. So even though we're divided right now, it's all made up division online. It's all it's all by design uh, to get you to vote. So just be mindful of that. Be mindful of that a lot because they're going to keep pushing that. They're going to keep pushing for that agenda. So just be careful, guys. Just be careful. Uh, One thing I love about following Jesus is like your eyes just open more 
and more and more to the truth. And I'll actually talk about that a little bit later uh, in this message about how much truth that you see uh, while following Jesus and why just reading about him and learning about him and just listening to the pod, baby. All right. This is not church. This is an unconventional way about doing the gospel, but I think it's impactful. We call it the Godcast around here, not podcast. Uh, I'm a little out of breath because I'm hype. But anyway, welcome to the show, man. I'll get right into it. Uh, and I just appreciate y'all being here for real, man. Thank you so much. All right, let's start off with talking about my uh, first sermon experience ever. And if you don't know, a sermon is just like a message that you give on stage. You basically are preaching, right? And it was my first time preaching on stage, way different than a podcast. I've done comedy where I've kind of intertwined Jesus into my comedy with a little mini testimony, but this was so much different. Uh, and it was crazy, man. So let me just tell you about it, right? I was blessed with the opportunity to preach the word of God at youth night at my church. And I was actually on the same stage that my amazing pastor has been on every Sunday for the last two years. And I'll tell you guys a little nugget of, uh, of a story, man. I remember I performed at the Addison Improv like a week after I went and saw Louis C.K. at Addison Improv. And, oh, I know you're not supposed to like Louis C.K. because they canceled him. And yada, yada. All right. Here's the thing about me, guys. Um, I live my truth. You know, I'll be honest. I like Louis C.K. still. I like uh, Kanye West. Um, Let's just say I'm not voting for Biden. All right. So like I like people that are against the grain. I like people that you're not supposed to like. All right. I'm not saying I idolize these people, but I'm a fan. All right. I'm a fan of of good comedy. I'm a good fan of truth. I'm a good fan of Kanye West. Okay. Deal with it. All right. Do I like Alex Jones? You guys know who Alex Jones is. A lot of people don't really know who he is. Do I listen to Alex Jones a lot? No. But when he was on Joe Rogan, I was like, hey, let me listen, you know? Anyway, so I was in, <laughs> got a little off topic there. But anyway, I was in an interesting situation to preach in, right? I was in a very interesting situation to preach in this past week because it was Halloween night. Halloween night, meaning kids were doing a costume contest on the stage two minutes before I went on stage. I was like, yo, uh, Pastor Turner, who's like the, 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 the main pastor for the kids there. I was like, yo, Pastor Turner. Uh, no worship music beforehand. He was like, nah, dude, we're going to play this, the, the theme song from Stranger Things. And we're also going to play Michael Jackson's Thriller three times in a row. I was like, okay, so Pastor Turner, are the students going to be excited to hear the word of God? You know, like be in the spirit at all? He was like, uh, I don't know, man, but they'll probably be in the Halloween spirit. I was like, okay, uh, what time do I go on? He's like, oh, yeah, man, you're going to go on after uh, Iron Man and Darth Vader okay, are we going to like, you know, we're going to pray. You going to pray for me before I go? We're going to pray for the situation. He's like, nah, dude, uh, but you can wear a costume if you want to. <laughs> I was like, I want the kids to take my message serious. He was like, uh, you could wear like a serious costume. <laughs> so those are just jokes about the situation, but it was legit how I went on stage. That was legit how I walked onto the stage was after an inflatable unicorn won a Halloween costume, and ran around the auditorium screaming. No joke. So to say I was nervous to go on stage and preach for my first time ever, yeah, I was a little nervous. And I got up there and I was like, I was a little too confident, right? Because I was like, you know, I had these jokes that I just told you guys up top, and I was thinking, I was like, all right, I'm going to win them over with some laughs. 
And I kind of immediately lost the room by asking the kids to move closer to the stage. And then I was just kind of nervous. And then my jokes came out a little stumbled and jumbled. And it took me about seven minutes to really settle in and get into a groove. So those first like five to seven minutes, I'm going to be honest, were kind of uncomfortable. Uh, I was sweating and I was nervous and my hand was shaking a little bit. It wasn't a good look. But once, by the grace of God, but once I opened the Bible to start giving the main message, it all felt natural at that point. It felt like I was just back on the pod, you know, and I used my notes more than I wanted to. But it's my fault because I brought them up there with me. And here's the truth, guys. If you bring your notes up on stage, you're going to feel like you have to use them pretty much the whole time. You know, I brought up the script as, as instead of notes to give you a better mental picture. And I really tried my best to include the students and ask for participation from the audience to just, you know, make it feel more fun, especially because it was Halloween night. And it was cool, though, because there was actually quite a bit of adults in the room and parents in the room. So it was kind of cool to give my message to uh, more than just the kids. Right. Uh, and it was kind of centered at the kids with their, their, them in mind. It was about them. And the whole message was about chasing the wrong things in life when you should be trying to chase Jesus, because when you chase Jesus, you have inner peace about whatever it is that you do in this life. But you must do as he teaches and follow in his footsteps and chase his word, not the world's words. Because I struggled with that my whole life. Right. So I really wanted to give the students something that um, I could use when I was their age, especially in high school. Oh, my gosh. Your boy was out here. Right. Your boy was out here chasing the wind. And the girls that happen to be in the wind, right? And if you want to actually listen to that message, I highly encourage you do. It's actually the previous episode of this show, and it's called Chasing the Wind. It's dope. If you haven't heard it, please check it out after this episode. And I actually found out recently that an atheist listened to it. And guess what, guys? It wasn't for him. But that's okay, because he still heard the seed. He still heard the seed and it may sprout over the next few weeks or months and all we can do as believers and seed planters is pray for him. Pray for the lost, pray for the wicked, pray for those you see as enemies. And I pray for people I don't like because it helps me not feel anger towards them. I suggest you guys try it too. And it helps me see when I do that, when I do pray for people I don't like because your boy got a list, all right? I got a list. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I got a little list, right? It's not a big list. It's a little list, right? And when I do pray for them, it helps me understand that it's a spiritual warfare going on, not a personal one. You know, it's not like they want to be this way. They just are this way because they don't know Jesus, you know? And so the experience of that Tuesday night was awesome, though, man. It really made me hungry for more opportunities like it, man. It was like my it was like my first time on the comedy stage where I was like, I need to do this again. And I really want to preach in public to adults soon, like a room full of adults that want to hear the word. Right. And I don't know how I'm going to do that. I don't know what opportunities are going to open for that, but I'm just going to pray about it. And I actually may do a man's night word at my church soon or just keep using comedy as an opportunity to tell somebody my testimony or to tell somebody about the good news. And I just really liked being up there with the Bible, man. And that was just fun. It was exhilarating. It was, it was like, it was like a rush, but like through the spirit of God, it was incredible. I see why, you know, like pastors want to preach every Sunday, you know, and go long when they're on stage. Cause it's just, it's great. It was a great feeling. And I was honestly sad when it ended. Cause I looked up at the clock and I saw that it was like 30 minutes ended and I was like, man, I could have went a little longer. I could have went, I wanted to be up there a little more. You know, I had another little 
verse I could have threw in there and we could have expanded on that. But it was cool, man, because I got a, a lot of good feedback after that from the adults that were there and a few of the students, which was awesome. And it was actually super encouraging, you know, and uh, a lot of people didn't like couldn't tell it was my first time up there. And they said it was like phenomenal for it being my first time. People I didn't even know, which was really cool and uplifting, you know, and people were telling me like really nice things while wearing a mask. So like the fact that they did that, that that's like another layer. That's like bonus points. If somebody tells you something nice while wearing a mask, you did you did a good job. But my wife was like, <laughs> I because Catherine came with me because uh, I want I thought it was important for her to see me do it for the first time. And she was like, you went up there with that stupid game show host voice that you always do. And you were breathing in the mic, but it was all right. You know, and she knows the way I strive for greatness. So, and she's seen me like, you know, I'm not going to say crush in stand-up comedy, but she's seen me evolve in stand-up comedy. And she knows like how good I became at that compared to when I started uh, versus, you know, that was my, that was like basically my, my first open mic for, for uh, in preaching terms. Right. And she knows that like, I really just strive for the highest of, of greatness. And she tells me, uh, so she basically tells me the negative stuff to work on. And I really need that. It makes me better. And so when I go up there next time, I lower the mic a little bit more and I be more mindful about my breathing, my nerves and the pitch of my voice when I'm excited and maybe slow it down too. I had the habit of going uh, on overdrive because my brain is just like rapidly moving. And uh, I definitely need I even on this podcast, I, I talk too fast sometimes. And I do know that people are like, yo, I'm trying to listen in the car when there's other stuff going on. or I'm trying to listen when I'm at the gym. So slow it down. Right. Uh, so to wrap it all up to you guys, the experiences of that night were one that I really needed to have. Uh, that was sermon one of many. And I believe I really believe that I'll be doing that for the rest of my life because, man, the Bible is just so dope to teach. Even today on this message, specifically when I was reading beforehand, I didn't plan to even open the word and get into it. But then I was like, let me share this part. Let me share this part. Let me share it. You know, and I was just like, man, I needed to tell you guys about what it says, you know, because it's just so important, man. It's just so mind blowing. It's so heart wrenching. It's so beautiful. It's just, man. And like I told you guys a few minutes ago, the biggest compliment I got was that the message was phenomenal and they loved. This is the best compliment, though. They said uh, they loved how much of the word that I used up there. He said, like, there was a person, um, I don't remember his name, unfortunately. Uh, I just met him for the first time. He said a lot of times, uh, like, youth pastors don't really open up the word a lot, and the students don't really go in the Bible a lot. It's just up there, like, kind of like, so he was just really encouraging about opening up the word a lot, because I was in the book of Ecclesiastes a lot, like, a few different chapters, long verses. I was reading it out loud. I was in there. I was in the pocket, and it was cool because I held majority of the room. And the students were actually following along on their Bible app, which was so cool. My friend Mike Davis told me that because he was in the room and he was like paying attention to see how the reaction was. And I had little verses on the screen, dude, which was so dope. It was so dope. I was like, that's the verse I said. And I had a quote that I picked out and it was up there. And man, I just want to do it again. I really do, man. I want to do it again. And I think I will. I think the opportunity will present itself again. Uh, it was supposed to be recorded, but it didn't get recorded because the sound producer guy uh, had no idea that he was supposed to record it because it wasn't being live streamed. So he was just like, oh, why would I record it when he should have recorded it? It was my first one, but it's OK. He'll, we'll, we'll be OK with that without having it. It's probably good that I don't have it because then I might have been like even more hard on myself as far as the 
the little idiosyncrasies that I need to work out or the little habits of being on stage. You know, uh, public speaking is not easy, especially when you're in a room full of students that don't know you very well. Uh, and their attention span is like all on the phone. They were in costumes, eating candy. Like it was, it was a tough situation to preach in, but I think it was so important and it's going to be such a great, you know, uh, starter to this journey of preaching on stage. Because like, if I can go up there and do pretty well in that situation, I don't think there's very many other situations that I'm going to have to face that are going to be as difficult as that one was, you know? So I'm kind of uplifted about it. I feel good about it. And uh, I definitely think I'm on the right path, y'all. And you guys help me with that uh, every week, man, with your messages, with your love for the show, with your resharing the show on social media and with your friends and your screenshots that you send me of people listening to the show and what they say about the show. Like I told you guys earlier, we have like an 89-year-old woman and uh, and her husband that's like 95 or something like that listening to this show now. We have like youth listening to this. There's all ages, all demographics. We are the melting pot of Jesus, man. We really are. When Jesus says anyone can follow him, episode 15, go check it out. Anyone can follow him. He is not lying. And anybody can listen to this show. Uh, this is not a target audience. I mean, the demographic I really want to be in is the youth because not like youth, youth where it's like sixth grade, you know, but like seniors, college, early 20s, early 30s, maybe 40s, you know, like that's the age great uh, age uh, bracket that I think truly needs to hear about Jesus on more than just Sundays. I feel that uh, we have such a responsibility as believers in Jesus uh, to help other people know about him because there are so many distractions from the, from the word uh, that a lot of people that even go to church don't even crack open the Bible, man. So uh, we really need to do a good job of keeping the, the gospel alive, all right? And with that being said, I could talk to you all day, all day about uh, my sermon that I gave because there was a lot of things that, that really stuck out to me. But man, I'm in Bible school, as you guys know. And I've been telling you guys for a while now, I'm going to start sharing some stuff that I've been reading in my books. And I just haven't done that because there's been so much life stuff coming up since I started school with the job, with Armani, with traveling down there. And you guys know the deal anyway. But here we are. I have something that is just so great and so worth reading to you guys that uh, is really just going to make a difference in your lives uh, the way it has mine while reading it. And it's not even... It's just crazy, man. This is called the doctrine of salvation. And if you don't know, salvation is the gift that God has given us uh, through just loving Jesus and knowing that he is the son of God and that he died for our sins. So salvation means like we're saved. We have eternal life. We're Gucci. We ain't got to do anything. We don't have to work for our faith or our salvation. We don't have to sacrifice a goat. You know, we're <laughs> we're good. All right. Um, I seriously just say random things and I'm like, that's funny. All right. So this is great. Listen up, listen up, guys. Listen up. All right. Focus. Put your uh, put your lawnmower down. Um, stop making a smoothie and listen to these words. During a British conference on uh, comparative religions, experts from around the world debated what, if any, belief was unique about the Christian faith. They began eliminating possibilities. Incarnation. Other religious had different versions of gods appearing in human form. Resurrection. Again, other religions had accounts of return from death. The debate went on for some time until C.S. Lewis walked into the room. What's this rumpus about? 
he asked, and he heard in reply that his colleagues were discussing Christianity's unique contribution among the world religions. Lewis responded, oh, that's easy. It's grace. After some discussion, the conference, the, the conference members had to agree. The notion of God's love coming to us free of charge, no strings attached, seemed to go against every instinct of humanity. The Buddhist eightfold path, the Hindu doctrine of karma, the Jewish covenant, the Muslim code of law, each of these offers a way to earn approval. Only Christ dares to make God's love unconditional. In all other religions, we must do something to earn salvation, but in Christ, salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus. Faith is crucial because it is the only thing that we can do and still not do anything. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but The gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. No wonder the gospel is called the good news. Oh my gosh, how good was that, y'all? It's by grace. Grace is so beautiful, man. And actually, uh, shout out to my sister-in-law, Abigail, right? Because on my baptism uh, day, she made me a little canvas, and she asked me what one of my favorite verses is. And uh, I sent her uh, the verse, and uh, the verse that she wrote on the canvas is... uh, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And I just love that so much because it's like, you guys know me, man. I'm, I'm a weirdo. I'm a, I'm a nerd. I'm a, uh, I say the wrong thing. I'm sarcastic. Um, kind of honest, kind of blunt. Um, I'm just like all over the place. I feel like, but that's the way God made me to reach people that needed to be reached. You know, he's not gonna, you know, mold me into this, what you think I'm supposed to be like to reach these people. No, I have to just be me. And I reach who I reach, like, through the powers of him, by grace, by his grace. All right, let's keep going because I think the salvation tool is so important because I think that that's the key to Christianity. That's the key of, like, understanding, like, how much God loves you by sending us Jesus, right? And uh, let me just read this one part as well. We cannot earn our salvation. We are imperfect, and we cannot make ourselves perfect. Yet God demands perfection. In his mercy, God offers by grace through faith in Jesus to forgive our sin and give us the gift of new life in Christ. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. You didn't do it. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works so that no one can boast. It is all from God. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Let's go, baby. I love that so much. Let's talk about forgiveness real quick. God's solution to man being cut off from him is to offer him forgiveness of his sins and cause him to be born again to eternal life in Christ. Peter, 1 Peter 1, 3, giving him a new nature that is not flawed by sin, created in the very likeness of God, holy and righteous. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to to cleanse us from unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. My man, John. All right, let's talk about grace a little bit deeper. Sin brings death. Okay, I know we don't want that reality, but it's the truth. Uh, I said this uh, the other night when I was preaching. Uh, it just kind of came out of me. Uh, I didn't plan to say this. It just came out of me for some reason. I was saying about sin and how it is self-destructive. Sin is self-destructive. It spirals into more sin, and it's just it, go, it leads to death. 
you know, like death of the spirit, death of the mind, of the soul, of the body. It weakens your entire everything, you know, and you know what it, sin is. You know what it is. I don't even have to tell you which ones. I don't have to be specific, but I will. <laughs> Not playing. But all right, let's read this again. Sin brings death. Since all have sinned, all have died spiritually. When we sinned and we continue to sin, we are separated from God. Romans 3.23 Jesus was without sin when he lived here and he willingly died so that his death could count as a substitution for our own. Can I please read that to you guys again? Jesus was without sin and he willingly died so that his death could count as a substitution for our own. And if you believe in Jesus and receive him as your personal savior, God will then count his death for yours and give you eternal life because that's how much he loves you and he created humans to have relationship with them and to be children of God. We are made in his image, which means I'm going off the cuff right now, baby, but I'm feeling good. Give me a towel. We're made in his image, which means we have uh, the emotions, the heart, the spirit, the logical thinking, the critical thinking, the minds of God. We are made in his image in that context, not in how we look. Also, probably a little bit how we look is formed in the image of God. But in the image of God, he means as the way we are as beings. Oh, my gosh. It's so deep and it's so powerful and it's so beautiful. Gosh, I love doing this show and I love that you listen. For Christ also died for sins once and for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God. You know how many people were separated from God during this time? Sin was at an all-time high. The devil ruled the world. Having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, not only did he do that, guys, not only did he go to the cross and get brutally beaten and killed in front of his mom and his disciples, and his loved ones, not only did he do that, he went to the grave, and then he rose three days later, and then he ascended into heaven, and then before he left, he said, I'm going to give you my spirit. I'm going to give you the spirit of God. We're going to call it the Holy Spirit so that you can tell people about me and have the words to do it because these aren't my words, guys. This is not Zach Rippey's words. I have a great podcast. People show me a lot of love, but at the same time, this is not me, y'all. It is the spirit. That's why I read the Bible before I get in it. You know, and that's why I read the Bible in the morning and I go to work and I have better days in that moment when I do do that, because it is the spirit that Jesus gives us uh, after he ascended into uh, into heaven. I don't know if it was before or after, so don't quote me on that last part. All right, let's keep going. Let's talk about our salvation is completed at the death of the body. Man is a spirit that has a body. Upon becoming a Christian, a person's spirit is born again and he is given eternal life. John 3, 3, 16. However, his body at that point remains unchanged. It is corrupted by sin. It is susceptible to disease and death and it is in bondage to sin. Like it says in Romans 7, 23. The brain, which is a part of the physical body, is still corrupted with old programming that is counter to biblical truth. Can I get an amen on that? Because I still struggle with some old programming, uh, especially when I'm yelling at my dog or uh, <laughs> or just doing some other stuff I shouldn't be doing. You know, old programming, being selfish, you know, and not putting people first, not putting your wife first, thinking about you, not putting God first. It's old programming that is counter to biblical truth. Because of this, the Christian experiences a continuous struggle between that born-again inner man who wishes to serve God and the physical body, the outer man, that is pulled to sin. 
Romans 7, 15 through 20. This conflict continues until the death of the body. Did you guys hear that? This conflict will continue until the death of the body, at which time the born-again spirit of the Christian is transported immediately to heaven to receive a new body untouched by sin. Romans 8.23. So my buddy Mikey and Olivier and I were all talking about uh, like if Armani goes straight to heaven, is he in limbo? Does he wait for Jesus to come back before he rises up there? And um, luckily I read Revelation, so I had a pretty good answer for him at the time about what happens to him. But this this just really um, reassured it when I read this about this. Uh, let me read it to you guys again. This conflict continues until the death of the body, at which time the born-again spirit of the Christian is transported immediately to heaven to receive a new body untouched by sin. Our boy Armani is up there living Gucci right now. All right, we're going to shift gears a little bit, but we're going to get even deeper. All right, a lot of people that listen to the show have told me, messaged me, and I'm in the same boat as you that you've struggled with the concept of churches because of the church experience that you had when you were either younger or even recently. So let me read this one part about the doctrine of the church. It's pretty tight, and you're going to learn something. You're going to have something to take with you. All right, tell your friends about it. Send your friends the show. All right. Send your people that you used to go to church with the show for this one part specifically. Don't say fast forward to this part. Just say listen to this pod. All right. Uh, it is no secret that the church has had its uh, detractors over the years. Founding father Thomas Paine once wrote, all national institutions of churches appear to me no other than human inventions set up to terrify and enslave mankind and monopolize power and profit. All right. So we're getting a little deep here. All right. Buckle up. Even modern church father John Wesley once said the church recruited people who had been starched and ironed before they were washed. Ooh, that's good. The church recruited people who had been starched and ironed before they were washed. Yet, Gerald Van was most accurate when he said, if you say that the history of the church is a long succession of scandals, you are telling the truth. Though, if that is all you say, you are distorting the truth which is a great point, y'all. I know that we struggle with uh, past experiences. We, we struggle with uh, that, that huge scandal with Catholicism and um, touching kids and stuff like that, which is a, is a long succession of scandals. So you're telling the truth. But if you also say, if you only say that, then you're distorting the truth because the church isn't just that. There is so many good churches out there. Don't let bad apples ruin uh, the name of the church. All right. That's me talking to you. Same way with like cops too. There's bad apples, but the police force in general is not corrupt. It's not bad. All right. There's good cops out there. Okay. Uh, while the church has not always represented itself admirably, the problem has been in the execution, not the institution. All right. And we hear that word a lot recently, y'all. Don't we hear that with institutional racism? Right. Don't we hear that a lot? So the problem with the church is that is has only been the execution, not the institution. The church also called in scripture the body of Christ to be the physical representation of Christ on earth now that he has returned to heaven. What Christ said we are to say. Okay? This is very important. What Christ said we are to say. What Christ did we are to do. The message Christ proclaimed we are to proclaim and the character Christ manifested we are to manifest. The world can no longer see Christ living on earth. He is removed physically. Though he lives in the hearts of his children, he lives in us. We are the church. 
because the world can no longer see Christ living on earth, it should be able to get a pretty good idea of who Christ is by looking at his church. So be the leader, be the spiritual leader, be a follower of Jesus. Let your light shine. We're going to get more into let your light shine a little bit later in this pod. As C.S. Lewis once wrote, the church exists for nothing else but to draw men into Christ to make them little crises. I don't I don't think I said that word right. If they are <laughs> if they're not doing that, all the cathedrals, the clergy, the missions, the sermons, even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time. God became man for no other purpose. The time has come for a clarification of the purpose of the church and resurgence of respect for the church to hold her with the same regard with which God holds her. The time has come to believe Jesus's promise in Matthew 16, 18. I will build my church. Then we humbly ask him, what would you have me do? I am available to you. All right. I think that was very important for us. Uh, let's go a little bit deeper. Sorry, guys. We're going a little deep right here. I'm not going to apologize, but we're, we're going deep. All right. The church is not building. The church is not a building, but people. At any given time and place, Christians are to band together to carry out the responsibilities of the universal church. As such, they organize to govern themselves, select spiritual leaders, collect money for ministry, observe baptism and communion, exercise church discipline, engage in mutual edification and evangelism, and worship God. Can I get an amen? Paul called an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Paul was called as an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the church of God, which is at Corinth. And that's why Corinthians is so dope. All right. All right. We're going to talk about spiritual leadership. You guys already know that that's a big word in uh, my vocabulary of what I want to want to be. But this time we're going to even switch it a little bit further into spiritual maturity. Uh, leadership in the local church is invested in pastor, teachers, elders and deacons and uh deacon deaconesses deaconesses yeah i said that right yeah i said that right the scripture appears to give freedom as to how this leadership is organized and functions but it is quite specific about the spiritual qualifications only spiritually mature people are to be given high positions of spiritual leadership in the church i don't think i'm very spiritually uh, mature yet i need to wait a couple years i feel like you know after i'm done my program maybe i'll slide in somewhere and I'll be in a place of uh, the leadership. I mean, I think I could do it now, but, you know, I'm trying to humble myself, right? Um, just for the Lord, not for people. Anyway, an overseer then must be above reproach. The husband of one wife. Is it? See, okay. All right. Let me, let me back up here because I think that this is what I mean when I say that I need to mature a little bit up because I don't fit the bill on all these things, okay? All these things that we're about to hear of what somebody that is in a leadership position in the church uh should kind of this should be their their traits this should be their 2k nba 2k stats all right an overseer then must be above reproach the husband of one wife temp, uh, temperament prudent respectable hospitable able to teach not addicted to wine but gentle peaceable free from the love of money he must be one who manages his own household well keeping his children under control with all dignity and not a new convert. I'm kind of a new convert, I would say. I'm about, I mean, I've been rocking with Jesus for a while. Um, like, 
on the surface level, you know, like been going to church for a while, but as far as, and like serving at my last church for years, but as far as like getting in my bag with Jesus, it's been like six months and he must have a good reputation with those outside the church. So I think I fit most of those, but you know, let me see. I don't really know what prudent means, so I'm going to say no. If you don't know what the word means, I don't think you fit the bill. All right. Uh, I'm not addicted to wine, but I like wine. Um, am I gentle? Uh, I don't really like my dog, so no. Um, am I peaceable? I try to keep the peace, yeah. Free from the love of money. God is removing that love of money from my life as we speak. Um, temperament, I kind of get a little angry still about stuff. I let my emotions uh, impact my days more than they should. I have limited patience. Um, hospitable, I don't really have people in my house a lot, but if I did, um, I'd be hospital, I think. You know, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I just think it's important that we realize that how much uh, we have to work on ourselves to be in a position of spiritual leadership. You know, we need to be praying. We need to be actively in the word. We need to be on our A game. Right. All right. We're going to jump to the doctrine of future things, uh, meaning like revelation and what's going to happen and, you know, those kind of things. And a lot of people don't want to talk about that in church for some reason, I guess, because it doesn't really apply to the now. But I like to get weird and talk about it. Like, yo, I think I did like five to six episodes about Revelation. Uh, I think it was put on for Jesus part one, two, and three. Uh, and there were long episodes. And I think I did a couple more. I think Vibing with Jesus had one. So maybe it was four episodes that we were in Revelation. And uh, they're incredible, those episodes. So if you guys want to go and hear some stuff about the end times, go listen to those episodes. Specifically, put on for Jesus one, uh, two, and three um, three, I just go hard. I think I do like an hour and 10 minutes of just reading scripture and just talking about it, dude. So check it out. But let's talk about this right now. Uh, Jesus will return to earth again. I think we need to identify that and stop acting like it's not possible or it's not going to happen. It will happen. Question is, will we be here for it? Jesus Christ, AKA the Messiah was crucified, buried and resurrected at about, uh, the age of 30. He ascended into heaven, where he has remained for the last 2,000 years. At some time in the future, and from uh, prophetic information, it could be at any time he will return to earth. When he does, it will not be as a carpenter's son, but as a monarch's son, in power and glory, revealing his true cosmic sovereignty. This is so incredible. Guys, listen to this. During his first visit to earth, he came as a servant with an emphasis on his humanity. During his second visit to earth, he will come as a king, emphasizing his deity. Did I say deity or deity? Is it deity or deity? Dang, man, I'm so bad at that sometimes. I think it's deity. Or maybe it's deity. Maybe I got it right. And I'm not going to fact check myself. I'm in the middle of a podcast, all right? Just you get the point. He will come as a king, all right, on a second visit. The first time he came as a servant. Isn't that crazy? For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels. Matthew 16, 27, baby. All right, let's go even deeper. Let's go to judgment. And also, by the way, speaking of messing up words, um, often I do it all the time. Uh, I think uh, I, I had an episode recently where I said his name was Matthew's uh, previous name before he was named Matthew by Jesus. I said his name was Levi. It might be Levi. So again, um, I'm learning. Okay. Help me out. Give me some grace. All right. Uh, nobody actually called me out on it. It's just, I call, I'm calling myself out. So maybe I need to give myself some grace, but also I hate looking stupid on the pod, you know? Um, 
I don't want to give you misinformation and, and uh, get censored. <laughs> all right, sorry, that was a little jab. But anyway, all right, let's go into judgment. This is so so cool, uh, specifically the last thing I say. At two different times and places, God will conduct audiences with all humanity to confirm our eternal destiny. Which What a powerful sentence, right? At two different times and places, God will conduct audiences with all humanity to confirm our eternal destiny. Those who believed in Jesus and received him will then be confirmed to eternity in heaven with him. Those who did not believe in him and receive him will be confirmed to eternal separation from him in hell. So that part was so interesting to me because it really just put my mind in a different spot about hell. I started really thinking about hell in this moment when I was reading that. Uh, And maybe, you know, they do say like hell is like torment and gnashing of teeth and just, you know, lake of fire. Uh, And as much as it says that, I also feel like hell can totally be just the absence of the presence of God. Like when you die and you're not with God and you're 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 just you're not there. You know, I feel like that is hell. In like my world, I feel like that's hell. Before I knew Jesus, I really kind of was living in hell in my head and in my thoughts and in my emotions and my in my decisions and my choices. You know, I came home and I was just like not a happy person. You know, it's like I had fun. I was a good spirit around people. I had a good personality. But uh, when I put my head on the pillow, man, there was there was a lot of nights I was like not feeling it, you know, and like not wanting, like I would have been cool, you know, kicking the bucket young. You know what I mean? I was like, man, if I don't have to ever have to wipe my butt again, I'm Gucci, you know? Um, you know, so, I mean, I just struggled with, you know, mental stuff, you know, emotional stuff. And, um, I feel like that was just because I didn't have Jesus. I didn't have the presence of God in my life. You know, I feel like that's why I'll never, uh, not do this. I can't because then I'll just spiral into this, like, destructive uh lifestyle and just destructive mindset and even when I go a few days of like not being in my word I just feel kind of crummy feel kind of crappy you know I just I let my human uh like I don't know if it's chemicals in the brain I don't know what the heck it is but I really do just believe that not knowing Jesus on this earth and not knowing God is is hell on earth as well you know and maybe that's what hell really is And that's what it's described as because like knowing God is just the best feeling. And imagine like that. You guys know the deal. Like when you get in that presence of God, you go to church, you feel rejuvenated, you're worshiping and that spirit, it's healing, it's comforting. Uh, God is just always there. You know, when you're in that mode, imagine like in heaven when he's always there, there's no distractions, there's no sin, there's no destruction, there's no brokenness, there's no pain. It's just you and God, man. So I really do. And I'll I'll be honest with you guys, man, even let's talk about hell on earth for a second, even when it comes to understanding death, you know, I've had a lot of people around me lose people recently. Um, my coworker lost somebody, uh, around the same time I lost her money and, uh, my other coworker just lost her uncle. And, um, I had some other people lose people around me and, you know, I've seen people that know God that lost her money And I've seen people that don't know God that lost their money. And I'll tell you that the people that know God are handling it so much better. Like their lives are okay. They understand death because Jesus conquered death, guys. And it's so cool and it's so uplifting and it's so needed in our hearts and our minds to understand death. Because, man, 
it is one thing that we all experience except for Jesus, my man. And it's one thing that we all experience. And man, it's just, if it doesn't happen to you now, if you haven't lost a best friend now, you're going to lose somebody close to you one day. And for you to understand death, it's because you understand Jesus. You understand what happens to their souls. You understand you understand it, man. And it's just so as your eyes get open. And man, this is going to be a long podcast because I got a lot more to say. Uh, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be a compense for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And when we say that you don't earn your salvation by good deeds, yeah, you don't because, you know, you already got that through faith. But now that you have Je- now that you have Jesus in your heart and you know what he did for you and you know that he is the son of God, we have to take that knowledge and apply that to how we live our lives here. You know, we don't do this life for us. We are, our bodies are dead. You know, the second we learn about Jesus, like our old ways of doing life is dead because we realize that this life is so temporary and this is not our home. All right. So I really like this part too. We're going to talk about eternity a little bit deeper. Christians will live with God forever, forever, forever. Jesus will reign in absolute righteousness. Only goodness and beauty will exist. Believers will rule with him forever and ever. They will govern angelic beings and kingdoms in the new earth. They will be beings of beauty and power who will participate in glorious ceremonies. Believers themselves will receive much personal glory by the grace and the goodness of God, as well as spend generous time worshiping and praising God. Intellect, beauty, power, and talent will be virtually limitless as believers both serve Jesus the King and rule with him in a world that glorifies God and brings great joy and individual satisfaction. In my Father's house are many dwellings, places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may also be. John 14, verse 2. And they Christians will reign forever and ever. Revelation 22:5. Isn't that beautiful? Like, didn't that make you feel good when you're hearing about that eternity uh, segment that we just talked about? Didn't that make you feel good? made me feel good reading it and I wanted to make you feel good so here we are and here we are we're gonna go even deeper we're gonna open up my other book that's called how to read the bible for all it's worth here we go listen up it's so good Jesus came and announced with his ministry that the coming kingdom was at hand he drove out demons he worked miracles and he freely accepted the outcasts and the sinners all signs that the end had begun everyone kept watching him to see if he really was the coming one Would he really bring in the Messiah age with all of its splendor? Then suddenly he was crucified and the lights went out. But no, there was a glorious sequel. On the third day, he was raised from the dead and he appeared to many of his followers. Surely now he would restore the kingdom to Israel. Acts 1.6 But instead, he returned to the Father and he poured out the promised spirit. Here is where problems show up for the early church and for us. Jesus announced that the coming kingdom as having arrived with his own coming. 
The Spirit's coming in fullness and power with signs and wonders in the coming of new covenant were signs that the new age had arrived. Yet the end of this age apparently had not yet taken place. How were they to understand this? It's confusing. It is. Very early, beginning with Peter's speech to the astonished onlookers in Acts 3, the early Christians came to realize that Jesus had not come to usher in the final end, but the beginning of the end, as it were. Thus they came to see that with Jesus' death and resurrection, and with the coming of the Spirit and the blessings and benefits of the future, had already come. In a sense, therefore, the end had already come. But in another sense, the end had not yet fully come. Thus, it was already, but not yet. Like we understood it. We, we were told it. We were shown what comes next in our lives. We were shown what happens to us after we die through Jesus. We were shown the truth, but we're not yet fully able to experience the full truth. Right? We're, that's why it says, thus, it was already, but not yet. The early believers, therefore, learned to be truly uh, estological people, all right, which means that, I don't know if I said that right, but they, they live between the times, that is, between the beginning of the end and the consummation of the end. At the Lord's table, they celebrated their existence by proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. Already, they knew God's free and full forgiveness, but they had not yet been perfected. They already had victory over death, and it was theirs, yet they would still die. Already they lived in the spirit, yet they still lived in the world where Satan could attack. Already they had been justified and faced no con uh, condemnation, yet there was still to be a future judgment. They were God's future people. They had been conditioned by the future. They knew its benefits and they lived in, in light of its values, but they, as we still had to live out these benefits and values in the present world. Thus, the essential theological framework for understanding the New Testament looks like this. So the cross and the resurrection represent uh, the already, right? So we get righteousness, we get peace, we get health, and we get spirit. But the second coming of Jesus is the not yet. So we get completed righteousness, we get full peace, we get no sickness or death, and incomplete fullness of the spirit. All right, so obviously this book is a little heavy, a lot of big words, and I'm learning a lot, all right? I'm not learning how to pronounce the big words, but hey. At least I'm at least I'm learning some cool stuff to share with you guys. And dang, I really don't like episodes being longer than an hour, but I have to share with you guys um, a little bit more. OK. All right. If you go back to episode two of this podcast, I, I've already told you to listen like to 14 episodes um, in this specific episode alone. But anyway, episode two, we talk about the parable of the farmer scattering seed. And it was the episode that really made me feel like uh, that this podcast is going to be here for a while because it was the episode where I really just explained what the parable meant and I stumbled upon it in Mark and I think it's in another, I think it's in Luke the first time I read it on the podcast. Uh, but I just wanted, I stumbled upon it tonight while reading beforehand. I just wanted to share it with you guys again because I think it's so important because Jesus really does use parables to teach people. And let me just read this to you guys right here. Um, let me see where to start. All right, so listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed, and as he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. 
Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so they produced no grain. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil and they sprouted, they grew, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with the others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scriptures might be fulfilled, which say, when they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded by all the worries of this life, the lure of wealth and the desire for other things so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times as much that has been planted. Okay, so let's talk about number two. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are push, or, or are persecuted for believing God's word. So those are the people that hear God's word, they hear the seeds, and then all of a sudden they turn from it because uh, a problem comes up in their life and they feel like, oh, God was supposed to protect me from this problem or, oh, uh, I thought by following God, everything would be better right away, right? which is um, not a realistic mindset to have when it comes to finding out and knowing and seeking God uh, or are persecuted for believing God's word. You know, so if you're just now listening to the pod and you're telling somebody about Jesus and, uh, and people are making fun of you for it or your family doesn't understand and therefore you turn away from God because of other people's opinions and other people's thoughts and other people's words that they put on the you, then that's what I talked about earlier where you have to chase Jesus's word, not the world's words. Because the world will tell you everything uh, but about Jesus. Everything everything to do other than Jesus. You know, like, this world is ran by the devil. There's the devil in everything. There's sin everywhere, all around us. You know, from our phones to our social medias to um, the technology in our house to uh, even just simple things that make us forget how to be human. You know, like me ordering groceries online and picking them up. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's that's some sinful stuff right there. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe I'm just, you know, being silly right now. But uh, there's sin everywhere. I don't need to explain uh, where it's at because it's everywhere. It's in, in politics. It's in it's in media. It's in uh, movies. I mean, it's in shows. It's it's everywhere, you know, and uh, the devil does a good job of hiding that sin. You know, uh, I put on my uh, Instagram stories uh, as well. I kind of communicate on there because nobody can comment on it publicly. So I can kind of just like say what I want without, you know, facing, you know, people going, trying to go hard on my post, I uh, basically said that um, the the Biden and uh, Kamala Harris bus had um, the words on it. Uh, let me let me read it to you real quick, just so I don't get this wrong. I don't want to be fact checked over here. 
uh, especially okay it said battle for the soul of the nation and i started looking at that battle for the soul of the nation and i just started like thinking about all the policies that um that that party represents and the way they just think that everybody can just do whatever they want with nothing that is in line with like the word of god you know nothing in line with values nothing in line with with an actual good soul you know and i started thinking and i put this on my on my story that, you know, the, the devil has a good way of hiding in plain clothing in sheep clothing. I don't know what the expression is. I think devil hides in sheep clothing. And, you know, like for, for instance, uh, with this, you know, the, the gentleman's club, there's no gentleman walking in or out of that club. Right. But they use the words gentleman's club as that's the enemy, you know, planned parenthood. There's no parents walking out of planned parenthood. For the soul of the nation, ain't no souls driving the bus, you know? So, I don't know. I, I thought that was pretty deep and pretty uh, thought-provoking. And uh, I don't know, man. And I'm not – I hate to do that. I hate to, to to even just tell you guys that I don't really rock with that side because I know some of y'all are going to vote that way. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. I just – I don't know. I just feel in my in my spirit to just be honest with you guys and – you know, we can have different opinions, man. And that's why I read to you guys earlier, a kingdom divided by civil war will collapse. I just think that uh, we need to work on as a nation, uh, politically, especially in, in media, especially is just getting back to the light, you know, getting back to to what God says, you know, because like there's not a wrong, there's not bad words in this Bible. There's nothing that's morally wrong in this Bible. Uh, you know, Old Testament has a little bit of stuff in there, but that's people. That's not God. You know what I mean? So remember that when people are like trying to uh, use the Bible against you, you know, and try to like be like, oh, look, they sacrificed this and they um, they said this and they did that and they he burned down this and he wiped out the world with a flood. It's like, come on, like we're, we're talking about people here, you know, and like who are we to question God also? You know what I mean? So, all right, let me get back to this. And like I said, I just I'm encouraging people to, to really try to be a light and I try not to post anything political. I really don't. It's just, of course, we're in this season right now where it's like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes I gotta, I gotta show some, show some Jesus in, in, in the moment, you know, and, and, in everything that I do and I try, man, I really try and, and I fail sometimes. I really do. I'm human too. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that Trump is like the best guy in the world or anything like that, but, um, we've had him for four years and I felt like, uh, things weren't all that bad. So I know what I'm getting at least. And I mean, I'm voting for Kanye anyway. I don't even know why I'm talking about Trump, but uh, I definitely just don't want the Biden party to win um, just because, I don't know, it just it seems so sketchy, you know, and I don't know, I just feel feel kind of weary about it, you know, and, and I do think that, like, the more you understand Jesus, um, the more you understand Jesus, the more you understand truth, and I don't know, you, you trust your spirit and your intuition a lot more, and uh, it's not about, like, it's not about what you want, it's just kind of about, like, what you feel is best for people, you know, and I think what's best for people is uh, not changing up the entire government right now and just having a whole new uh, party in there that is uh, grouped in with the Clintons and Epstein's. <laughs> oh, man. Good thing this is towards the end of the podcast, huh? Uh, hopefully some people that uh, would get offended by this checked out, you know, or not, whatever. We, we're going to keep it real. But let's just be a light. All right. And then like like Jesus says. Uh, would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where it lights, its light will shine 
for everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open and every secret will be will be brought to the light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. For those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Okay, so we were just talking about that, right? We are just talking about that the closer that you listen, the more understanding you will be given. And your boy been in the Bible heavy. I've been in the books heavy. I've been, you know, I've been on my Jesus movement for a while now. And I'm just really, I uh, feel like I'm understanding more. I feel like I'm understanding more about the country, the history of the country, the world. And, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to evolve. I'm always trying to be a student of life. So, um, you know, I, and I wish it wasn't this way, man. I used to be, you know, the guy that didn't care about politics. And I feel like everybody has to care about it right now because it is a completely different philosophy and ideology of what we're voting for this Tuesday, um, which is crazy, guys. It really is because it's like as much as, you know, you may not like Trump and I get it, man. He's hard to like. He's hard to like um, be like, oh, yeah, he's the greatest, you know, and, and granted, I I do think that I do think he's definitely misrepresented and misunderstood. I think that the media definitely lies a lot about him. I feel like they really want him out of office and they've done everything and anything to get him out of office. So that's where it kind of gets sketchy for me because it's like, why do they want him out of office so bad? It's because he's not one of them. He's not one of these like political like savants that have been out there in the, I don't want to say savants. Why did I say savants? Political people that have been out there in Washington for 30, 40 years that like had this, this brother in, and this like system that they do where they lie to people and pretend that they're, they have their best interest in heart. When I don't know, man, if you look at Trump's policies, it looks like he actually cares about what happens here in America. You know, it, granted he might not come off with the greatest tone and he uses the wrong verbiage a lot of times, but at the end of the day, man, I'd rather have somebody that's themselves and screws up than somebody that lies and, wants to lock down the country and just, you know, just completely reshift and rechange uh, America because I don't think America is a bad place to live. I don't think it's a bad, um, I don't think the, the laws are bad. I think we have a lot of freedom here compared to other countries. And I think that we have, as a, as a nation, have became kind of spoiled and we look for problems that aren't really there. You know, we let the media tell us what problems exist. And I think that that's so scary and so detrimental to uh, the faith of, huma- uh, to the future of humanity. And uh, it really feels like a fear, a fear thing. It's like they, they push fear down, down our throats. And I don't know, man, I just have faith and I want to have faith. I don't, you know, of course, you know, I, I have my moments of fear, but um, let me read this story to you about Jesus calming that storm. If you do have a life experience of having that fear, uh, as evening came close, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and they started out leaving the crowds behind and although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up and the fierce storm is actually described. I looked it up a little bit in this in this section and it was uh, one of my lectures as well this week. The fierce storm uh, was actually comparable to a hurricane um, because all these guys that were on the boat with him were fishermen and they've never seen anything like it. They were petrified. They were terrified. They were scared. And it says the high waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? And then Jesus woke up and he rebuked the wind and he said to the wave, silence, be still. 
Suddenly the wind stopped and then there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. So like when it comes to this election and when it comes to the state of America, when it comes to, you know, the media telling us how to think and how to feel and how to how to be uh, be fearful of COVID and everything else and riots and whatnot and uh, using riots is like, oh, no, they're peaceful protests. You know, it's all just nonsense. It's all just lies, man. And it's and I hope you guys you guys are a smart audience. You guys be sending me stuff just because you, you pick up on what I'm putting down on these pods. And you guys be sending me stuff all the time, you know, um, on Instagram. And it's just so it's just so cool that I can be myself and not really have have to fear that, you know, because it's my podcast. I can say what I want. I can if you don't like it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're voting another way. I apologize that um, this might be not the best thing to hear. But at the same time, just be honest, you know, we're allowed to think differently. And, uh, you know, that's okay. And let's let's talk about this real quick. I really like this part. I really do. I really like this part. I really like the the parable of the lamp. I think that was understandable when I was talking to you guys about like being being the light, you know. And I will say this about the light that you have when you when you walk with Jesus. Your light isn't a big light, right? Your light isn't going to uh, just light up your whole pathway. It's like a little lamp. It's a little lamp that you carry that can only be in front of you that you can only see a little bit because the life is going to throw you storms. The life is going to, uh, the, the, the path that you're on, things are going to come up. There's going to be stuff in the way of your path where you need that little light to get around it. You know, it's not going to be this pure vision of just like straight light. And I think that that's why when we go to heaven, it's described as like a big, bright white light because it's so big and you see the light, you know, you see the whole light, you're surrounded by it, you're covered in it. It's the light of God, you know, and even in revelation is described as like, it felt like the sun was on me, but it wasn't, it didn't hurt. It felt good. It wasn't, it wasn't hot. It was just white light, you know? I don't even know if it says that in Revelation. Don't fact check me on that, but I think it does. And let me read this part to you because, I don't know, I just thought this was interesting. Uh, Of course, it's the words of Jesus. How can it not be interesting? Uh, The parable of the mustard seed in Mark uh, 4. Jesus said, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It is like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches and birds can make nests in its shade. Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables. But afterwards, he was alone with his disciples. He explained everything to them. And I wish he explained everything to us. I wish Jesus wrote a gospel, dude. Can you imagine Jesus writing a gospel or a book or something in the Bible? That would be so tight. But he didn't want to speak for himself. He wanted others to do this talking for him, which I understand. Me, me and Jesus are on the same wave with that, you know. Um, and that's why I also think people don't like Trump because he pats himself on the back too much. But anyway, let's get off that for a second. Uh, but no, I love when it said in that parable. I love when it said in that parable. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants and it grows long branches and birds can make nests in its shade. I love that because what it made me think of, and I don't even know if this is the right way to interpret that, but the way I perceived it was, man, the little seed that happened when I found out about Jesus just blossomed into something that was just so beautiful in my life of, you know, when I read John and it really just messed me up, it really blossomed into so many things, you know, like my life is so much different now. Like even today, I was uh, teaching in the fourth and fifth grade class at my church and I was just thinking to myself like, 
man, I've really just put myself in a position to just do everything that revolves around Jesus, you know, and wanted to be around him more and just do more for him. And just, uh, and it just felt good, man. I was just connecting with the kids and, uh, you know, there was a couple kids in there that were struggling with something, you know, uh, their energy was off and they were going through a difficult season and you can just definitely tell that they needed some kind of realness, you know, they needed some kind of friendship and, and, and just good vibes, you know? So I don't know. I just, I'm really excited to just be a voice for them and, uh, to just really help in in that regard and just sharpen that muscle of connecting with the youth because the youth are so important for the future, man. So pour into our youth guys, pour into the people around you, pour into your kids, the love of Jesus and good things will happen. Um, I don't like talking politics and I, and I'm not sorry for doing it, but also like, it's just because it's coming up, you know, after that, we're not going to talk about it. Uh, too much. Um, I maybe throw it in there once in a while, but it's definitely just two different philosophies uh, and ideologies of uh, what is in the future of the two candidates. And I should say it's not even Trump versus uh, Biden; it's Trump versus Kamala Harris because Biden can't even put a sentence together. Uh, and it's amazing that people are voting for that guy. Uh, like seriously, like he cannot speak, and he hides in his house in a basement and. He just doesn't give me a leader vibe, and I think we need a leader right now with the state of the country. And as much as you don't like Trump, the dude is a leader, man. He's got he's got fans. Have you guys seen his fans? Like, the silent majority is no longer silent. And I will say that, man, maybe that's why I feel a little bit confident telling you guys that um, I'm not voting for Biden. is because of the fact that there's so many people that are, you know, even Lil Wayne putting up a picture of, of Trump. You know how many people he probably lost and— and people that um, out of him and stuff like that. And if, like, you can't even support a president, how are you going to support Jesus? You know what I mean, guys? Like, if you can't even tell people you like Trump, how are you going to tell people you like Jesus? You know, I, I granted, granted, you cannot compare the two, but just, just be yourself, dog. You know, just be yourself. And as much as I want a bunch of people to listen to the show, and I don't want anybody to turn away from the show because I say I'm not voting for Biden, um, I don't want, I don't want that. But at the same time, it's like, man, I can't live my life like that. I can't live my life, uh, trying to care about what you want to hear or what, what, um, or what I should say on the show or what I shouldn't say. It's like, come on, man. Like we're living in this time where truth is so freaking rare. It's so rare, man. Like when you see truth, you appreciate it so much more now. Like that's why I love watching Rogan, bro. Cause he brings on people that are just like, he shouldn't have on there, you know, that, 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 the, the mainstream media w- wouldn't want on there, you know, and, uh, having Kanye on and then Alex Jones. And then the guy that, uh, did the social dilemma, I think his name is like Tristan or Thomas or something like that. He did the social dilemma documentary and he went on there and was just like going hard about, uh, all that social media companies are doing and censoring information and, uh, the algorithms that they do to keep you hooked and they're selling you to other companies and it's just ridiculous man it's just the world that we're living in is scary y'all it's like a tech tyranny and uh, we just got to be careful man we got to pay attention because man before we know it and it's already here it's already here where I don't I'm not going to say it's the antichrist but yo man it's like where do we go next from here you know so this election is bigger than just a vote. It's bigger than just a guy that you like or dislike. It's legit just, it really does feel just like paths, you know, paths. It's a weird word to say, paths. It's like, what path do you want to be on? Do you want to be on the path of, you know, like prosperity, freedom, uh, free speech, 
uh, gun rights, you know, uh, uh, people that at least don't want you to get an abortion, <laughs> you know, like people that are like, yo, you should reconsider that. Uh, you know, I kind of want to be on that side of the team. I'm pro-life. I'm unapologetically pro-life. I'm sorry. Uh, and I'll be honest with you guys. Here we go. Uh, when I was 19, I kind of told uh, Noah's mom, like, hey, maybe we should get an abortion. I said that. Yes, I did. I'm sorry. I apologize. I've had my conversation with God about it. Uh, and um, I'm going to have to have the conversation with Noah about it one day. And I'll tell him that it was the, the, the worst thought I've ever had because that boy has changed my life into a million ways better than I would have ever imagined my life being without him. He's kept me away from just the wrong things. And he's really just been the biggest light in my life. And he's letting me know that God truly loves me and God truly blessed me with him. And like anybody that meets Noah knows that he is such a good kid. Uh, he is the the best spirit, man. He loves Jesus. And man, I'm just so, so grateful that uh, I had him when I did. And the fact that uh, there's so many little babies that are taken away from this earth because it's legal breaks my heart and it's sad and I think that we're we've been conditioned to think that it's okay based on our culture and I really just encourage you guys to think about it hard of what you truly believe on that situation because one party says that we don't want that to be legal we don't want millions of babies to be slaughtered because you don't want to take care of it or you made a mistake or uh, granted, of course, if you're raped, I think that that should be a, uh, dang, I just said rape on the I like birds podcast. What is going on? I think that there, there should be situations for, for everything, you know, um, everything is circumstantial, but you know, millions of babies, you know, even Kanye West is like the biggest activist right now for abortions, which isn't that crazy. Uh, and people, people don't like the guy. How, oh, anyway, there's a reason people don't like him. Okay. So if you don't like him, I, I recommend you investigate his words and his intentions because he is a, he's a decent guy and uh, he's very smart. He sees everything from different perspectives. Uh, he sees like, like, let's say there's a topic, right? He sees things from my perspective, your perspective, my wife's perspective, your mom's perspective, your dad's perspective, your uncle, your grandma's perspective. And then he formulates all those perspectives that he's thought about and he formulates his idea from it. So it's pretty cool. Pretty gangster. And yeah, man. So with the parties thing, um, like right versus left, uh, there's this thing called leftism where it's like, uh, I, I, man, I maybe should have looked this up before I just start spewing it into the microphone, but leftism isn't uh, liberalism. Like leftism is uh, going towards a sat uh, satanic kind of vibe of uh, like a Satanist. Like you're going, you're going so far on that side, you're going towards the, the opposite of right. So that's what leftist. Okay. Anyway, look that up if you want to. And I don't know, man, when you just see the the foreign um, the foreign stuff with, with Biden and his laptop and um, just his ties to China and Ukraine and all these foreign nations. And, you know, we just got Trump over here that's like America first. And I don't know, man, I just it feels weird, man. I, I shouldn't even have to defend myself, I feel like. But I just want people that are listening to this. I mean, you a lot of people probably clicked off if they're voting for Biden. But uh, if you're not, I don't know, man, this comes out on a Monday. Maybe do some homework tonight and uh, and decide, man, who you're really voting for. Because you're not just voting for a person, bro. I'm telling you, you're voting for an ideology. And it's like, do you want to support that that ideology? Is it socialism? Is it Marxism? Is it communism? Is it the haves and the have-nots? Be aware, man. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is different. This is a different election. This is different, man. I don't feel the need to not vote. I don't feel the need to just not care about the politics right now. Because it is 
It's different. And and I put this video on Facebook. And, of course, the people that are voting for Biden hated it. But uh, I put this video up of Trump being like, oh, man, uh, somebody asked me if I'm the most famous person in the world. And I said, no, I'm not the most famous person in the world. The most famous person in the world is Jesus Christ. And then the biggest roar. And it was just a cool video, man. I don't know, man. Uh, it's so weird. Because, you know, it's funny. It's like your pastor at church won't tell you that they're voting for Trump, you know. Uh, and, and I get it, but also, man, sometimes you just gotta be truthful, bro. Like there, like I said, there's so limited truth out right now that truth is so appreciated. And honestly, that's why you guys listen to the show the way you do, because I don't really know that many people. So the fact that over the show has been listened to almost 6,000 times, uh, in less than six months is incredible. It's crazy, you know, and granted, I want the audience to be even bigger. I want more lives to be impacted. I want more lives to be reached. I want your life that have that you've listened to multiple episodes. I want your life to be impacted. I want you to be the fourth uh, example of the scattering seed. I want you to grow a harvest. I want your family. I want your husband to know Jesus. I want your daughters to know Jesus. I want your your kids, your uncle, the people that made fun of you for loving Jesus. I want them to know who that who who Jesus is. You are the seed. You are the big seed. I'm the seed for you. Be the seed for other people, man. And yeah, man, I just hope you guys have a great week, man. Uh, I really do. Uh, this this week is going to be hard on a lot of us. It's going to be stressful. We're going to see probably some civil unrest. Uh, just pray, 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 pray that uh, it doesn't get out of hand uh, and to just mitigate it as much as possible. Pray for the National Guard having to deal with that. Pray for um, the cops that have to deal with that. Seriously, if you see a cop, give them some love. Um Seriously, 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 uh, because uh, if Trump wins, we already know it's going to be chaotic and it's looking like he's going to win. I don't know. Uh, fake polls. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> I love that. Everything. Everything Trump says is fake. Well, fake polls, fake news. And I mean, it seems it's legit, though, like they're out to get them. It's like it's like billionaires, media, social media, athletes, politicians, all versus Trump. It's crazy. He's taking on everybody, dude. He's like, he's a body bag for like the American way. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, he's fighting for, for your right to say what you want on Twitter without being censored. And you know, they're, they're, they shut down accounts that they didn't like what they were saying, you know, and, uh, they, they suppressed information about Joe Biden's, uh, um, like laptop scandal, you know, and, they suppressed that news article from the New York Post for days and they suspended their account for like a week and there was no reason for it. They didn't have any they didn't have any explanation. They just did it because they didn't want it to hurt uh, Biden's chances of winning. Like how bizarre is that? How uh, evil and corrupt is that? And it's like people are out. Lady Gaga supports Joe Biden. Uh, that should be enough for you to be like, I'm not voting for Joe Biden. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, I told myself I wouldn't talk politics on this podcast, but, you know, sometimes you just got to speak your truth. But, uh, man, I hope you you guys learned a lot about Jesus uh, this episode. I hope it made you think. And I love you guys. Thank you for letting me be myself. Um, and have a good week, man. I love you guys so much. And hopefully I'll see you next week. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully you come back. Uh, next episode, I don't know what it's going to be about. Maybe we'll reflect on this past week and, and all things above. And maybe I'll just keep sharing what I'm learning in my school. 
Uh, we were in Mark tonight. If you want to go check out Mark, Mark is actually the shortest gospel, but it's like the most concise and most detailed. And they talk about the resurrection a lot and uh, the crucif- uh, the crucifixion a lot in there. So highly recommend you read Mark. It's, it's a great gospel. What I like to do, I always tell you guys read John because it's like the meaning behind what Jesus was teaching. But Mark is a really good lens. And he was actually writing to the Romans uh, when he was writing this. And the Romans were facing a lot of persecution from Nero. And uh, we as people in Christianity right now are facing a lot of persecution as well. You know, you see it. You see a lot of attacks online and you see a lot of uh, suppressing of information about Jesus online still, you know. So uh, just be aware, guys. Be aware. I love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, And if you're a new uh, listener, subscribe. Uh, I promise uh, we don't talk politics that much. All right. Kanye 2024.